We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everyone? I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCSN Update, our daily chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Trevor Sykema from Pro Football Focus will join me here in just a few minutes to go through his favorite stats from the Chiefs this season. But first, you know the deal. We've got a quick word coming from our partner and the presenting sponsor of this show, DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in and is my go-to place for wild card round action. You know, it's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? I'll be a pe- paying a lot of attention, obviously, to the game on Saturday night between the Chargers and Jags because that's most likely who the Chiefs' uh, opponent is going to be. But you can't tell me I'm not going to have my eye on former K-Stater Skylar Thompson uh, heading up there to Buffalo with Tyree Kill and company to try to knock off the Bills. But make sure you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN as new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on the prince of NFL stats. <laughs> Pro football focuses Trevor Sikama. Trevor, Matt Miller was the, the prince of like NFL draft content. Nate Taylor is the prince of Chiefs content. And then yesterday, Brett Coleman was the prince of NFL YouTube breakdowns. So you get to be the prince of NFL stats to just put a nice bow on uh, the introductions for our KCS and update crew this week. As long as I'm royalty, I guess, like as, <laughs> as long as I get some, I don't know, like old money, wealth, hand-me-downs, whatever it is, I'll, uh, I guess I'll take it. So I'll, t- I'll take the, pre- the, the prince of PFF stats or whatever it was. I love it. I, I, before we get into this, I'm curious, uh, obviously going into the bye week the chief's not playing, mm-hmm. uh, 
we were talking about what we're going to do with this show because normally it's kind of previewing key matchups and just kind of contextualizing some some statistics going into the particular matchup. Obviously, with the Chiefs not playing, change the format of this a little bit. So, looking back on the regular season, we're going to get Trevor's top three or his favorite three statistics from the Chiefs' regular season, and told me a little bit about it before we started recording. So, I'm excited to hear this. Uh, but before that, I'm going to ask you a question, Trevor, because I've mm-hmm. done this on all of our shows this week, and it it leads to what I think is a really cool conversation. I think kind of fits in with the stuff that you're going to bring up. It started on uh, our Outside the Trenches show. We have a blind nil segment where each host brings a different topic, and you don't know what it's going to be, and you just spend like 10 minutes talking about it. That's like half mm-hmm. the, the outline of the show. Uh, so my blind nil for this week's Outside the Trenches is – which of these two things is more or which of these two things is more impressive to you? It's one okay. offensive stat, one defensive stat or record. On the offensive side, spent a lot of time talking about Tyreek Hill not being on the Chiefs anymore and what was going to happen to the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. He mm-hmm. breaks Drew Brees' single season record for most yards by a quarterback passing plus rushing. We saw one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback in terms of yards, most ever, in a year that a lot of people thought it was going to be a down year. What's more impressive, that or the fact that the Chiefs pass rush last year, they had 31 sacks as a team, ranked 29th in the NFL, dead last in the AFC. This year, 55 sacks, which was second best in franchise history and up there as far as the NFL. And they were able to basically turn that around with just a few additions. Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, Frank Clark got skinny. And got really good, came in really good shape and looks like a different, uh, got a lot more burst this year. And then Joe Cullen, I'm going to throw in there is the new defensive line coach that came from Jacksonville because we saw the best seasons from Mike Dana, Colin Saunders and those guys. So what's more impressive to you, what Patrick Mahomes did putting up yardage or what the defense did in turning around an issue that we talked about all off season being something they had to fix and Brett Veach did it. Yeah, I think when you set an NFL record, you would have to say that it would be the Mahomes stat. But to me, what's more impressive is going from 29th to second, which is what they were this year. Yeah. They were second in team sacks. And I'm going to dig into that with some of my statistics of what really stood out to me from this chief season. But I think it's that all due respect to Mahomes and what he's done to shut everybody up. Um, but let's face it. I think people were probably talking about Mahomes in that light because yeah. Probably a little, a little, a little sick of Mahomes, right? Like, let's get to something I, else. You know, we've we've already yeah. seen Mahomes just throwing the fifty touchdowns. He's won the Super Bowl. He's got the MVP. It's like, all right, let's let's do something else now. So for him to have an incredible season, that is no surprise at all whatsoever. I don't mean to make light of breaking yeah. an NFL record. It's incredibly impressive. But I would say going from 29th to second in the NFL in defensive line sack production, uh, that is that is something. That uh, well, I wasn't expecting, I guess I'll say, and probably yeah. the biggest surprise to me of what the Chiefs were able to do. It's crazy. That's a consensus now. Nobody has picked Mahomes, and we did this with three of us on Outside the Trenches. Brett Coleman yesterday said the same thing on the defense. And at least internally, it was like, maybe we're just biased because like we just it's entitlement showing. It's like, yeah, he had the best season ever, but we just expect that from him now. Like, that's who right. he is. He's the best. Like, it, we don't. There's nothing that he can do that's going to be like, man, that was really impressive. You just expect greatness from him all the time. But yeah, I to to fix air quote to fix the pass rush in the way that they did mm-hmm. in one offseason, very similar to 
two years ago, fixing the offensive line in a lot of ways, the way that they did signing Joe Tooney. I think the Orlando Brown trade drafting Creed Humphrey and drafting Trey Smith after that Super Bowl performance against the Bucks, where a lot of guys were banged up, but then the next off season or that off season completely revamped almost the entire offensive line. And so kind of the same thing with the pass rush, but the addition of Joe Cullen has uh, really been something for the defensive line and looking at your three key stats, the defensive line I know is right where you want to start. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going to start with it because it, it, it is something that really stands out as a really impressive mark for the Kansas City Chiefs this season. I'm glad that you shouted out Joe Cullen. I think Joe Cullen is a great defensive line coach around this league. He's He's been around since what, 05, 06, I think he's been in the NFL, kind of popping around oh, wow. to a bunch of different teams. But, I mean, he, he is he's just so experienced. He's, he's had so much success uh, throughout his course of being an NFL coach. And, and for him to be able to turn around this Chiefs team, maybe not go from 29 to 2, but, I mean, for them <laughs> to get back from the back half of the uh, NFL into the front half of the NFL when it comes to defensive line production, that's definitely something that's within Joe Cullen's wheelhouse because he's done it before. The sacks, to quantify how good this defensive line has been, you mentioned it, the 55 sacks, second in the NFL, only to the Philadelphia Eagles. Fourth in total pressures as a team, so another top five mark, 325 total pressures. But then here's a stat that I really liked. We have a stat called cleaned up pressures at PFF. And cleaned up pressures is essentially how often a quarterback, while trying to navigate pressure or while trying to move in the pocket, almost runs into a defender. Like he he goes into the space that the defense really clamped into. And for me, that's okay. almost a praise of coaching both defensive line and defensive coordinator work because it's about where you're placing each of your defensive linemen. You're saying to yourself, okay, yeah. you're all going to align here. You're going to really collapse things from the right side of the line of scrimmage. The far left edge rusher is going to be bending around the outside shoulder, and then we're either going to have a linebacker or a corner, something, somebody bringing some extra pressure maybe to come around the looper, and when the quarterback steps up exactly where they want to, boom, we're going to yeah. have a guy right We're going to have a guy right there. I'll- Go we'll ahead. spread the love around. I'll go as far as like the defensive quality control coaches. And a lot of those guys that, sure. that you never hear about those coaches that they're going to be defensive coordinators in 10 years. And they're gonna be like, yeah, he worked for the chiefs as a quality control coach. And no one ever knows what that actually means. Unless you talk to these guys and you understand how the coordinators and how all the position groups work. But these are the guys that are going over and over tendencies. And you know that, Hey, when this quarterback gets a blitz off this side, he generally will escape this way or he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, his tendency is to go here. So you need to make sure that you stay home, that you're disciplined with whatever your rush lane or staying true to the way that you fit inside this entire picture. So to, to, to further your point, yes, hundred percent think that that is something that you get down into those uh, quality control coaches who work with the guys, go over tendencies, scout team stuff that they really get into the details of that stuff. So you see some random coach or somebody on the sideline, you don't know he's going nuts after a play like that might be the quality control guy. That's like, I've been taught, like I studied this stuff for hours and hours and hours to get that tendency that led to a play. And the the chiefs, just to say the stat for this number one in the NFL, in this mark, 81 cleaned up or, or clean, clean. We have them categorized as cleanups or pursuit pressures is what they're called. It's CUPP. Okay. So they're number one in the NFL in that regard. And I think that that is just a uh, hat tip to how they have aligned the defensive line, how they continue to align on guys like that. You know, you and I talked earlier one. in the season about 
how they're deploying Chris Jones, you know, when they're mm-hmm. deploying Chris Jones as an edge rusher, but it's really just, it's, it's a full defensive line game plan. Um, and then I, I did want to mention they're also uh, ninth in the NFL in pressure percentage as a team over 50%, 53.4%. So that's another top 10 mark. So basically all of the important <laughs> marks for judging defensive line play, they're either top three, top five, top 10. I, this is just simply one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. And when you get to the playoffs, that's going to be paramount. Love to see it. Love to see it. And as much as we talk about Chris Jones being the defensive player of the year, but again, like throughout the season, even when they've struggled and they've won some of those games that were closer than Chiefs fans wanted them to be, it was like Mike Dana. It was Colin Saunders. Same way on right. the offensive side, Jarek McKinnon. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like he was always good, mm-hmm. but to like set the NFL record for most receiving touchdowns by a running back by like almost double or excuse me, uh, this season doubling what anybody else did. Uh, but then being in like the top, I say tied for third for the most touchdown receptions by a running back in NFL history. Marshall Falk is up there, and then everybody else is from like the 1960s. One guy's from like 1933, got like 11 touchdowns. It was doesn't crazy. Count. Uh, doesn't, doesn't count. Doesn't Completely count. Completely different, different game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, Mike Dana, Colin Saunders, those are the guys step up, make plays. Obviously, Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes everybody uh, alongside Chris Jones. But let's move on to the second stat, and it's the other side. Um, of the football talking a little, little Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited about this one because I haven't heard the numbers yet, but the way you talked about it before, I'm excited to, to hear what these numbers are. Yeah. I mean, we, there, we, you knew that one of the stats was going to have to be about Mahomes, even with me <laughs> introing it by saying, Oh yeah, he's great. Cool. What else is new? But I, you, you have to highlight when he is so incredible and, and something that's specific about Mahomes that I really wanted to point out that I enjoyed learning when I was looking over some of the PFF data that we have on him is for the last couple of years, we've talked about the rise of too high defenses, right? Too high shells, too high safeties, deploying a lot of guys in coverage and forcing these superhuman quarterbacks to be patient, right? To be a little bit more patient and not attack as far down the field, take things underneath, be a little bit more methodical, less explosive with drives, creating seven points, and it might take a couple of more plays to do so, forcing these guys essentially to play within a smaller box but just see if that superhuman ability isn't just within their physical gifts with how hard they can throw the ball how far they can throw the ball how accurately they can throw the ball deep down the field but saying keep it in front of us can you do the same thing can you be an assassin but from shorter distance and that takes a lot that's not just um, physical ability with accuracy but it's also a lot of mental ability so we I say all that to say last few years we've talked about this is how you attempt to beat some of these crazy talented quarterbacks against two high coverages this year Patrick Mahomes was number one in the NFL in terms of PFF grade 89.6 that was about five points higher than any other quarterback I think Tua Tungavailoa was was second with like 84 so Mahomes far and away the highest graded quarterback that we had versus two high defenses this is the other stat that I love from him. All year long, over only two turnover-worthy plays. And for as much as Mahomes drops back and for as much as he sees two high coverages, that was just a 1% turnover-worthy play ratio rate, which was the lowest in the NFL. He took care of the football better than anybody else did against two high coverages when it came to how many times he was dropping back. But then on top of that, it's not like Mahomes wasn't throwing the ball. He had over 1,500 passing yards against too high, which was the fourth most. So this guy had 
top five total yardage numbers against two high defenses, an efficiency level that was number one when it came to not putting the ball in harm's way against two high defenses, and the number one grade in the NFL when it came to just passing productivity against two high defenses. We were told over the last two years that this was the new wave. This is how you do it. You set up in too high. You make quarterbacks beat you underneath. He did. We have had so many conversations over the last, I'll say, two or three years about where Mahomes either is currently in the long lineage of quarterbacks that have existed throughout this game or where he could end up on that list when it's all said and done. We are now, how many how many years has he been pro? Five, six, what is it? It's been starting for five years. So we're to the point where we he came out of the gate unbelievably hot. Right, and we, and we were like, right. okay, like there's got to be, there's got to be kind of like a cooling down period. And I mean, like there was a little bit from 50 passing touchdowns, but not really. Sure. And then we yeah. said, okay, now defenses are trying to catch on. Right, the game, the league, it's cyclical. Defensive coordinators, they're very smart. They'll figure it out. The def- the game always evolves. Defenses uh, evolve to what offenses are doing. That's what we thought this was. That's what we thought this movement was. Mahomes already evolved over it. And I'm not saying that he's like, <laughs> it's, it, it's like he'll never throw a bad throw against too high or that he won't have a game where he struggles against a team that plays predominantly too high. But this is now an 18-game season, well, 18-week, 17-game season where he yeah. just said, yep, uh, I'm the best. Also, what you said was one of my very few weaknesses. And I think that that is just unbelievably impressive that he has already kind of, I don't want to say figured out, but honed his game into beating a form of coverage that we thought was going to give these guys a little bit, a little bit of fits for a couple seasons. You just kind of dance around the entire point that I thought of two years ago. Cause it's pretty early on. Like this is the greatest quarterback that we're ever going to see in this game. If he stays healthy, like I was on that after they won the super bowl. I was like, this is the dude. So then we went back and tried to uh, repeat and lost to the bucks. I was more mad after that. Not because of obviously losing the super bowl because of the selfishness of like 25 years down the road. I can envision myself arguing with a Tom Brady fan about who's the best quarterback ever. And Mahomes mm-hmm. going to own every record there is. And they're going to be like, but he never beat Brady in the play. Like when it mattered, Brady always won. So it was like, he needed that game to be able to confirm that conversation about who's the best ever, even though they didn't play against each other. I know that, but Mahomes is going to break every passing record there is Probably. if he stays healthy and continues to play. Same thing. When you look at the numbers with Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey plays football as long as Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, all those guys, like he is going to Tony Gonzalez. He's going to shatter all of those records. I was going to say, he's got to be close already. He's right? close and now. And those guys played for like 17 years and he's played for 10. Yeah. And he's within yeah. striking distance. Like how long does he want to play? And same thing with Mahomes. Like he's on pace. He's doing things we've never seen in every category. Uh, so, and love to hear that about too high because that's, it was the kind of stuff like really try to hit that home with Chiefs fans because mm-hmm. it was too high was talked about so much that it became a narrative that now it's, Hey, he are that, that thing that people thought was an issue. Yeah, it's not really an issue anymore. Uh, they figured that out. But the third yeah. stat that you've got, um, actually, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. And right after this, we're going to get his third favorite stat from the Chiefs and a little preview of the AFC wildcard games this weekend. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back with Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama. Trevor's given us uh, some pretty cool stats, stuff that you can't find anywhere else other than Pro Football Focus and on this show right now about the Chiefs defensive line and about Patrick Mahomes going up against two high coverages, just absolutely dominating. The third stat, Trevor, I know you've got is staying on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it, it's about play action efficiency. And, you know, that I, I mentioned the movement, the kind of two high defenses has been over the last couple of years. I don't want to say that like play action is a, um, like a new movement or anything, but there's been a lot of emphasis on it, right? I think it's been highly publicized the advantages that you can have when you're a team that really utilizes play action. There's been a lot of pushback, like, oh, I can't set a play action without the run game. And then there's been a lot of studies that actually debunk that. It's not really true. Really, if you are just putting any sort of deception at all whatsoever pre-snap or even right as you're kind of snapping the ball anything to get a defense to hesitate just a little bit could be all the uh, the edge that you need especially for an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs have been thankfully this is a team that utilizes play action quite a bit and um well they're really good at it this this offense as a whole had an elite 92.8 passing grade which was first by far of any team when utilizing play action. Patrick Mahomes also had 12 big-time throws, which was first in the NFL while utilizing play action. And their EPA per play off of play action plays was .411, again, far and away the best of any team. Now, does it help that you have the best quarterback in the world as the guy who, you know, fakes it to somebody and then continues to have the ball in their hands? Yes, of course it does. But this this is just more evidence to tell you it works. And the Kansas City Chiefs are a team that does this Quite often. Uh, it doesn't matter really what kind of coverages they're seeing. It's, it didn't really make a difference too much pre-snap or post-snap, the different looks, how many defenders they had in the box, because I looked up light boxes, heavy boxes, whatever <laughs> it is. This is just a team that's going to utilize play action because they get the value of it. They understand that even if guys at the linebacker level play disciplined all game long, right? Three, three straight quarters, great disciplined football, not biting for play action. If you run it one time in the fourth quarter and they bite on one play, that one play might be the entire difference. And the only way you know if that's going to happen for sure is if you run it. And so this is a team that just understands the philosophies of deception as an advantage in any way. Obviously, they had the... uh, what what are they? I don't know what they're calling it. The 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 drum circle. The the optic the, circle. The, what whatever whatever they call. What did coach you say? Call, 
Coach called it Arctic Circle. One okay. of the players called it Circle of Death. And okay. Kent Swanson, for us, in the moment, called it the Kadera Circle, which is pretty amazing to come up with. That's exactly how Kent's brain works. Uh, but Arctic Circle seems to be the most popular way that it's being ex- being described. Now, that, that play... <laughs> Obviously, it was it, it was kind of silly, right? Like it was just it was a yeah. silly play, but it goes to Good show game. you that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes understand that all it takes is the slightest bit of hesitation. If <laughs> if one player on defense is sitting here laughing at this 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 merry-go-round circle in, instead of thinking about exactly where he needs to go, guess what? That's an advantage. That's probably yep. all the hesitation you need to complete a pass to Gadarius Tony or Travis Kelsey or Michael Harmon or, or Marquez Valdez Scantley or wherever the ball is going to go. It doesn't matter. It's yep. just a, I wanted to point that out with play action to just show and boast a little bit that this team understands what works and they do it often. Yep. And um, other teams in the NFL should probably take a hint. I know Chiefs fans out there are, are like, no, 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 go ahead, let us be the <laughs> kings of play action. But it's just it just goes to show you how much success that you can have if you consistently run it. Yeah, the play action in the screen game. I mean, things that Andy Reid, when you when you watch him practice, Trevor, you come out to a training camp and to see the the level of detail that they get into, how quickly they go from one play to the next. And uh, you know, you talk about coaching, and a lot of people think play calls, this and that. Andy Reid prides himself as a teacher, and not necessarily him necessarily himself teaching the players, but teaching the coaches how to teach the players the most effective way to get the most out of them. And it's mm-hmm. really just a great like system in which he has developed his ability to uh, get the finer details right as to what is it about the play action pass that are causing the manipulation on the defense to go where you want them to go to put yourself in an advantageous position. Uh, he really does a great job of communicating that and then working on the finer details. Uh, and when you really watch a practice, even going back to OTAs and you see the way the coaches are working with the guys, there's a reason why they have that success. It's not just because of talent. It's because of coaching and teaching and their ability to convey what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. All right, Trevor, before we let you go, I want to get your thoughts on the AFC uh, wildcard playoff games this weekend. I think two of them probably not going to be all that great. Got a couple third string quarterbacks going on the road as underdogs. That's going to be tough on Sunday. Let's start with a game Saturday night, most likely going to be the Chiefs opponent. Uh, is the winner of the Chargers-Jags game. Again, that's kicking off at 7.15 Central Time on NBC. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, this is... I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, this is one of the closest matchups that we have, I think, during Super Wild Card Weekend, and it's fun, right? It's Trevor Lawrence, it's Justin Herbert, it's two of the best young quarterbacks in the game. Which one's going to show up? I'm, I'm leaning Chargers. I'm leaning that I think the Chargers are going to win this game. They've just got more experience. And something that I was really happy about last week when the Jags beat the Titans is the fact that no matter what the result was going to be, we were going to get some more Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and just overall Jacksonville Jaguars playoff experience for them um, to get to host a playoff game and to kind of get that new off of them. So hopefully this team is one that could be a lot of fun in a postseason team over the next couple of years as they're kind of growing. So even though I think this game is important for them, I just watch how they played last week. And unless it looks really different, I'm not expecting the defense to show up on the scoreboard the way that it did against the Titans. And that was a Titans team that's 
not good. Like I get that it's a divisional opponent, but like they were starting Josh Dobbs. Yeah. They had no receivers to throw to. Like it was just the offensive lines yeah. banged up and they, and they couldn't beat that Titans team without a strip sack recovery for a touchdown. And so I, I, I got more confidence in the chargers in this one. I think the chargers are going to pull it out. All right, let's move on to the games on Sunday. The fighting Skylar Thompson's heading up to Buffalo to take on the, the team that everybody in the country at some level is rooting for yeah. uh, to, to win games with everything going on in Buffalo with DeMar Hamlin. It seems like the news that keeps coming out. Every time I check social media, there's there's new, more good news uh, coming out about DeMar Hamlin, which is uh, phenomenal uh, to see. But uh, <laughs> is there a path for a Skylar Thompson-led team with a banged-up Raheem Mostert on top of that uh, to go to Buffalo and to knock off the Bills at home? Uh 250 yards by Tyree kill. Like that's probably mm. the only way this happens. Cause even the defense has been very up and down for the Miami dolphins. Uh, I just, they, they don't have the firepower. Um, I don't know what the, what the line is. Was it, I think it was like nine and a half. The last time I looked, I think Sounds the bills, right. I think the bills win this game by double digits. Like, I, I just don't think that it's, it's, it's out of Miami's element. Quite literally it's, it's in Buffalo. They're going to be motivated there at home. And, um, I just cannot imagine this Skylar Thompson team really sticking it to Buffalo in this one. I think Buffalo is going to win by double digits. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I, when talking with Brett Coleman, he he talked a lot about the Dolphins running game and how good they are at that. And that if Raheem Mostert was healthy with the way that the Bills have struggled at times to stop the run, that there is a it's a narrow path, but there was still more of a path. But now that he's Raheem Mostert, I was like, I don't know about yeah. that path. All right, let's go to the other one. Uh, another third string, I think maybe probably even in a worse situation with what Baltimore's dealing with. Lamar Jackson's been out for six weeks with his knee injury. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hundley not throwing right now with uh, I think tendonitis in his shoulder. So what's going to happen with Baltimore? Is there any chance for Baltimore <laughs> to go to a red-hot Cincinnati team and beat the Bengals on the road? No, no. I, I mean, I'd be, I would be betting Cincinnati heavy even if Lamar was playing. I'd be betting Cincinnati heavy. This is simply put one of the best teams, one of the hottest teams, and one of the teams that continues to play well at home. Cincinnati has been an unbelievable home field advantage for this team over the last year and a half. I think they've only, since the, what was it? Since the middle of December last year, Cincinnati has only lost one home game. And it happened to be that Steelers game at the beginning of the year, which was like, all due respect to the Steelers, like a BS loss because because Joe Burrow hadn't played in so long and he was coming off injury. Mm. So, I mean, he wasn't even warm. He was, I mean, he was barely getting in the quarterback position and it took them overtime to beat Cincinnati there. Home field advantage has just been huge for Cincinnati. I'd be taking them even if Lamar was healthy in this one. I think it's a massive mismatch. At the game that they played last week, what was it, 24 to nothing? I mean, the final mm-hmm. score was not any indication of how this game actually went because the final score was closer than what the game actually was. I, I think Cincinnati again wins this one by double digits. Yeah. Cincinnati's favored by nine and a half. The dolphins bills bills are favored by 13 Yeah, in that yeah. game. So they're Vegas. Even I didn't think that thing is going to be close. And then no. the chargers going on the road to the Jags are actually favored by two and a half. And oh, so, it's a two and a half. Wow. Yeah. So two and a half. Let's get three points at home. So the five and a half points at a neutral site for the chargers. So mm. uh, Vegas and the odds are leaning in your 
uh, favor there as well. Again, talking with Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama, host of the It's Just Football podcast, a daily show that he does alongside Mike Renner. Get all kinds of cool stats and nuggets like this, not just for the Chiefs opponent and what they do during the season, but for the entire NFL and help. You make your bets at DraftKings. Get plenty of good information to help you uh, become a more knowledgeable fan by checking out their podcast. Trevor, anything else that you got coming up that you want to plug that uh, Chiefs fans should check out or NFL football fans should check out? Just, I mean, watching the show, it's just football. I mean, we're having a blast. We're we're covering the league as much as we can. We're having a lot of fun trivia as well. If you guys love football trivia, we do that on Thursday. Mm -hmm. A little nugget for football trivia. I'll give you one before we get out of here. We, we, We were looking up all sorts of playoff stats, and this one isn't Chiefs related, so I'm sorry, but I just thought of it. Marshawn Lynch has the most missed tackles forced of any running back that we've charted since the PFF era, which is since 2006. Okay, we're talking total in their career. Marshawn Lynch has 75 missed tackles forced just in the postseason throughout his career. In second place behind him is Derrick Henry with 25. What? Marshawn Lynch has 50. More missed tackles forced in the postseason than the second place running back since 2006. That's pretty good. I'm going to take you that stat. I'm going to raise you one at least locally because it's a chief stat we talk uh-huh. about it all the time. Locally, everyone's like, I know what he's about to say. Frank Clark, fifth all time in NFL history in postseason sacks. He gets one sack in the divisional round. He ties this guy named Reggie White. Heard of him for fourth most sacks. Yep. He gets five and a half somehow. And don't put it past Frank because we've seen him go off uh, in a playoff. He gets five and a half sacks in three playoff games. They go to the Super Bowl. All-time leader in career postseason sacks in NFL history. Give him all the money you want. He gets it done when it matters. Need Frank, Chris, and company to step up. But He's, yeah. number, he's number one, I think, since 2006. I, yeah, I believe, he's the only active looking. player that's close to him. Vaughn Miller has ten and a half. So he has the most sacks of any active player in the NFL in postseason history. Although (laughs) Nick Bosa is coming. (laughs) He's only been in the league for four years. Uh, He's got eight postseason sacks and he's like 25 years old. Yeah. Oh my God. Nick Bosa is halfway to leading that as long as say the fret, the fighting Brock Purdy's uh, keep getting to the playoffs and he gets an opportunity. Yeah. Nick Bosa is going to, going to have that record. They keep going to the playoffs, but yeah, Frank Clark, He's an animal. Gets three, he gets three and I say four sacks. So he, one and a half, whatever, however you want to figure that out. He'll be second all time. So Bruce Smith is second all time with 14 and a half. Frank Clark right now is 11. And then Terrell Suggs is in third with 12 and a half. Reggie White with 12. Frank's actually tied uh, with a few other guys with 11 sacks. Dwight Freeney, Charles Haley, James Harrison, Clay Matthews, Lamar Woodley. Some guys you've heard of. Mm. <laughs> so yes. Pretty good stuff there. That's amazing. All right, that's that's all we've got for today's KCSN update. Again, appreciate you all for hanging out. Enjoy the weekend, whether you're watch, listening to this, watching this show on Friday. Enjoy the playoff games on Saturday, Sunday, and the Monday night one uh, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks as we figure out who the Chiefs are going to play and host at Arrowhead Stadium in the divisional round. Again, we know there's a lot of great places to get your Chiefs content. We appreciate KC Sports Network being one of them. Hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. 
plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.